subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Chuck, good Thursday to you, man. I know you're excited about this weekend as I am. This will be my first game. You've had uh, many games you've been to in Tiger Stadium. Yeah, I've been there a few times. Baton Rouge is a good place to go. Been there lots of times. Uh, baseball over the years, basketball, football, and um, it's always an interesting experience. Well, I do have some bad news to share with you. Um, we were set to go to the same dinner place on Friday night, I, I was told, and uh, my friends looked at the menu and then foregoed it because they thought it was too expensive. So the dessert that I thought we were going to share doesn't look like that's going to happen, man. Well, I'm you sorry. can just go with Chuck then. Chuck that's will just true. make room for you in his group, right? Well, I don't I don't understand why a man of Ty's means <laughs> hasn't already offered to pick up the tab anyway. Well, I mean, that's, that's another, it's an even I mean, better question. Why are you not taking your friends out to dinner? That's a great point. I'll put it on Tommy, Tommy's tab. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, that's a foolproof plan, Chuck. I don't know why I didn't thought pick about that. Pick up the tab. If you want to go, you got to pick up the tab sometimes. That's a good point. I well, say that I, as a man who's not going to pay tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. That is 100% correct. Well, Chuck, I, I, I don't know about you and Tommy. Same goes for you. I've talked to I mean, I've got 20 plus friends that are going to this, and they don't necessarily feel like 100% like Arkansas is going to win, but they're excited about this weekend. Arkansas fans, this is a this is an underrated trip for those that get to make it every once in a while. Well, there's always a pretty good contingent of fans down there. Um, you know, we've got people listening right now uh, in the southwest part of our state and in the southern part of our state, and for them, this is a big game. I mean, this is who they work with. I mean, if you live in the Texarkana area right now, for example, you work with these people. And uh, there's uh, there's going to be a lot of talking going on. And if it's not pretty on Saturday night, there's probably going to be a lot more talking going on. And um, So, you know, we'll have a good representation there. We always have fans there. And people like going down there, at least the people, generally speaking, I've talked to who've gone, like going down there. So we'll be well represented. Yeah. You spent some time with Coach last night on his radio show. I listened. I mean, how does mood seem? What what what, what was this, his demeanor, body language, confidence level? Clue us in here how it went last night. You know, here's the thing that I don't think everyone fully understands is when these guys talk about flushing a game, that is what they do. They Because you have to. Because here's the thing. You can't, even by the time you get out on the field uh, Monday afternoon, obviously you've got things to correct. But you've got to turn your attention to the next team. I mean, you've got to. Whether you win or you lose. We can talk about it all week long. If you win, you talk about how great you are all week long. If you lose, you talk about everybody needs to be fired all week long. I mean, that's just kind of how it works. And so, um, but, but you know, it's it's um, that's just the way it works in college sports. But I think we'll go down there and play a good ball game. And I, I think they feel like they will. My, to answer your question, I saw no residual effects. 
in him last night from what happened Saturday night. But now I will also say if Arkansas had won by 30 points, I would not have seen that either. Yeah. And I, I didn't, uh, you know, just, just listening to him, he, you know, uh, didn't seem any different than he does normally on Wednesday nights. But uh, one thing that, I mean, I don't think built any confidence, but it just is the way it is. He didn't leave you with, with a lot. I mean, I think there's a little bit of hanging out there that, that Rocket's going to play, but doesn't sound real likely for this week. I don't think they're planning on that. I mean, based on everything that he said last night, what he said during the week, um, I doubt very seriously if we do see him, we'll see him very much. Um, you know, we'll I guess we'll find out if he's on the plane. Sounds like he's going, but um, I'm, I'm I'm just not sure in that regard. Let's just play what he said last night. I think Rocket, it's going to be questionable whether he's going to be able to go with us or not. He is running on grass now. He was running in a pool and different things like that. But over the last two days, he's running. And if he wasn't able to play Saturday, I do anticipate him to play next week. But, you know, you have to kind of make that decision. Is he ready? We obviously want to be ready. We're concerned about his health. So we'll make that decision Friday morning. So I think one of the other elements that we haven't necessarily talked about Rocket as much, we talked about his 1,400 yards, 10 touchdowns, him being a preseason All-American, but he's also a really good pass blocker, and I think he has that advantage over some of the other guys in that room. And I know pass blocking has been an issue at times, and I just wonder how much they miss him in that aspect as well. Well, maybe some. I think a lot of what they'll do, you know, we, we, we tend to talk about the backs, and certainly they do have responsibilities in that area. I tend to think that they'll try to shore, shore up their pass protection through their tight ends. Um, I think you'll, I think you'll de- uh, see them do some things on the line of scrimmage um, you know, that, that, that maybe will help with that. Um, the backs will certainly have responsibilities, yes, and I think you know, Rocket's, Rocket's pretty good at that. But um, it's, it's, it's going to take... Um, it's going to take a team approach, you know. Based on what we saw last Saturday night, it's it's going to take a team approach to keeping guys out of the backfield. And he also, I mean, you can build upon the the run game that you had. I know Arkansas lost this past Saturday night to BYU, but the run game, I'd argue, looked as good as it did all season. He also kind of touched on that against LSU. Obviously, we were better. We're not consistent uh, as we'd like to be, and we started out well, but we're still having too many negative plays. We're not necessarily winning first down all the time as much as we need to so we talked about how arkansas really struggled on third down this past game lsu guys for those who don't know is like 56 percent this season Jaden daniels has been terrific on third down so on that side of the football you want to force them in a third and lawns and for arkansas at tommy you were talking about this earlier you got to get some positive first down mm. yardage going so you don't set yourself where we can go perkins and uh, Smith can tee off on you in pass-only situations. Well, the thing that you've got to make certain of is 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 that you know when the numbers are all added up at the end of the day, you know we look at the third down numbers. That's the one that's always on the stat sheets. Third down conversion. Um, look at the average yards per play on first down. Uh, there is always always a direct correlation between yards on first down and third down conversion percentage. We talked about that some on the show last night, how you know there is a direct correlation in third down conversions to what you do on first down. And Arkansas was not good on first down against BYU. And, and that's going to be a real key. Look, if LSU's getting four or five yards a pop on first down, Arkansas is going to get beat. 
But if Arkansas can get four or five yards of pop, it's going to be a ball game. Yeah. You touched on what I was going to go to next because Coach talked about that Monday that, hey, four yards is a good number. You don't have to get eight or nine to have a successful first down. Mm-hmm. He felt like, uh, he said, I believe it was Monday, he said this, that, hey, four is a good number for us. If we can get four yards consistently on first down, we can be successful. Well, if you can get four or five yards on first down, what's going to happen is, is you're going to have opportunities to throw on first down as the game wears on. Uh, you're going to have opportunities to do things on first down that, um, you know, you don't always get to do. So uh, that's going to be a real big part of the game. If, if, if Arkansas finds itself in situations where they're running the football on first down and it's second and nine or it's second and 11, it's going to be a long night. Now, it is going to be a long night because they will tee off, and they are more athletic in a lot of spots. And so um, you better be good then. And they know that. I mean, we're not saying anything they don't know a thousand times better than we do. But um, I do think what you do, that, that, that yards per play on first downs is important as those third down conversions, and they have a lot to do with one another. Chuck, I know that Sam Pittman was asked a couple times yesterday about Greg Brooks, and you also spoke to it to him last night. And I think about that situation. First, Greg's health is the biggest concern where he had successful surgery this past Friday. The family announced on a Tuesday night. But their secondary already had issues, and now Greg, unfortunately for him and that fan base and that team won't be able to play. And this is not the typical LSU secondary that Arkansas fans are used to seeing. So, if given time, I would think, based on some of the stuff that we've seen to this point, that Arkansas could have some success there in the passing game. Well, maybe. I, I don't, I don't um, you know, I, I hesitate to talk about Greg Brooks in terms of it being an advantage for Arkansas. I, I, I just, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not quite ready to go there. Um, but I, I, I do think that Arkansas will have a chance to throw the ball. I'm going to be interested to see how they utilize the tight end. Um, I think Luke has is very fast becoming one of the best players on this team. And I don't think we're very far away from saying he's the best player on the team because I think that day is going to happen. Um, I think this guy's a player. I think he's a weapon. Uh, I'll be interested to see how much they utilize him Saturday night. I'm going to be interested to see how much they utilize him moving forward. Yeah, and, and I think we're, you know, you talk about his progression. I think we're at the point where we see more, you know, as they call them personnel groups with tight ends, at least one and sometimes two on the field. We've talked about the extra blocking. We've talked about the ways to protect KJ. I mean, that's that's a part of that mix. And I think you're going to see more plays with Luke Haas and on the field than without him. Well, I think the thing about Haz is you can put him in the slot and you can bring another tight end in and uh, you can use him, you know, as a as a blocker. I'm not saying they're going to do that, but he's lined up in the slot a time or two, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I see him as a Hunter Henry type player. Uh, I see him as a guy that uh, you can put on the line of scrimmage with his hand down. You can put him in the slot. Um, I think he's that kind of guy. I think he's that kind of athlete. Al, uh, I don't know if you heard Al Walcott talking about him earlier this week. There was a play, I think, in um, in fall yeah, he where he, about it. he came over the middle and uh, Luke just kind of ran him over or something like that. So he's even as a true freshman, there's physicality, at least for the most part, doesn't seem to issue. And I think it's interesting you bring up the growth aspect because we're just seeing him right now. Well, the thing that here's the thing that I took out of that cut from Al Walcott. We played that on the on the podcast. Um 
it's important to gain the respect of the other players. Mm-hmm. That's when you know a guy's a player. When the other players respect him. Right. Especially can, look, I, I'm just going to tell you, over the years, we've had players that have fooled the fans. We, we've had players that have fooled the fans. You can't fool the players. You cannot fool them. Uh, they always know. And when a freshman comes in and gains the respect of a teammate right off the bat like that, that means he's a player. And that's what he is. Especially a veteran teammate. So yeah, I was, and again, to do that as a true freshman is pretty, pretty special at this point. Well, I, it was funny. We Chuck, you're talking about the clip with Al Walker. We also played the clip of you and Coach in the show last night, talking about the the amount of money the boots worth and the carrot gold. You got a place <laughs> for it. I was uh, I was cracking up at the at the end of the show last night. But this from from this rivalry standpoint. Arkansas, and the stat I keep referencing is five of the last eight wins have been when Arkansas is unranked and LSU's ranked. LSU fans don't think anything of this game. They think they're going to, well, Arkansas, from a setup standpoint, you got to execute and you got to do things right. But this is potentially a trap game for LSU with the Magnolia Bowl for them next week. Well, they don't respect us. They don't. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I know that's always a rallying cry. But in this case, it's the truth. They don't. And uh, they don't consider this a rivalry. They don't give a rip about that trophy. They never have. Um, what if they knew it was worth ten grand? Well, um, <laughs> now, 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 here's what I will say about that trophy. A lot of corn dogs. <laughs> here's the thing that I will say about that trophy. To those kids, and it means something to their kids, too. Um, we get old and cynical. Those of us old enough to remember the inception of this rivalry know that we created it the same way Missouri's tried to create the rivalry with us. Um, it was the exact same, same blueprint. Mm-hmm. Games always mattered more to us than it does to them. Uh, but, you know, Arkansas can play off that Saturday night because um, they don't respect them. They don't. And that's just how they are. And so you got to go in there and earn that. Two years ago, I'm going to say this, I've never seen a group of people as mad. And I'm not just talking about the fans. I'm talking about the people that worked there. Everybody was so mad when Arkansas beat them two years ago down there. I think I enjoyed that aspect of it more. Well, they, they really believe they'll never lose at home, right? I mean, they, they don't think there's ever a chance. They can play the Philadelphia Eagles, and they don't think they're going to lose. The Dallas Cowboys, they don't think they're ever going to lose at home. Ever. There's, no, they don't. They, they don't think an opponent ever has a chance when they come in to Tiger Stadium. Well, it's happened before. Yeah. And, um, you know, most of the time when they've lost there, they've been an underdog. Most of the time. Yeah. And they're not, you know, it's not a perfect record down there. Yeah. I think Arkansas is going to go down there and give a great effort. I don't know how the score is going to play out, but I don't think on, you know, late Saturday night or Sunday morning, people are going to be disappointed in the effort Arkansas gave. I, I, I expect them to go down there and play a great game. Chuck, speaking of greatness, Adam Wainwright gets to 200 wins this week. I know mm. that Ruskin was gloating about the Cardinals being mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, and I know that this season has not gone according to plan. Land, but uh, it is pretty cool to, to see him get to. <laughs> it's kind of funny that a fan of the Nationals is gloating about the. Are they terrible too? The, well, they've never been great. So, yeah, it was good for Wainwright. I, I will admit, it's the first time I watched a Cardinal game in about six weeks. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I I wanted to see him do it. I know that he hung on just to do it. 
I know that, and Cardinal fans know that, and they realize that, you know, most of the time when he went out there this year, he just got shelled. Uh, but I'm happy to see him do it. He is the second best Cardinal starting pitcher of all time, and that's a mouthful um, because they've had some great ones. Nobody eclipses Gibson, no. and you can argue that there were better pitchers. You know, Steve Carlton, people like that come to mind. But in terms of starting pitchers for the Cardinals, um, Adam Wainwright, in my judgment, is the second best they've ever had. Only the third to 200 wins. So, you know, this is a guy that has made his mark in a Hall of Fame career, and I'm glad to see he got that milestone. Is this the wake-up call the franchise needs? 19 games out of the lead, I mean, bottom of the division. Does this shake things up where it matters to to make some moves? Because you've said this before, they've lost their way. And uh, does this get them back towards the right path? Well, I don't know that having the second or third worst record in baseball is, you know, part of the path to greatness. But um, (laughs) they have definitely bottomed out. Right. There's no doubt about that. And uh, my problem is I don't see him making any changes. I, I don't I don't see anything in the structure changing. In fact, I see it even continuing on the same path, if not, you know, the same path at an even more accelerated rate. I think they're buying into the analytics too much. We'll see what they do during the offseason. We'll see how they spend. We s- we'll see how they evaluate. I don't have a, an abundance of confidence, frankly, based on – what we've seen so far. I think the run's up with these guys. And I don't mean just, you know, the manager, the general manager. I think the owner needs to sell the team. Um, I think it's time for a complete and total makeover of that franchise. Um, uh, The DeWitts have been great stewards of the game in St. Louis, but uh, that's not a winning franchise anymore. And when you're the owner, it's your fault. It's not the general manager's fault. It's not the manager's field manager's fault. It's not the player's fault. It's your fault. You own the team. He's he's not going to be an owner. He's not going to be a real owner. Um, he's he's not committed to winning. And I hate that. I mean, I've loved the Cardinals as long as I can remember. But to say they've lost their ways is an understatement. Um, I'm afraid if they don't change their ways, they're looking at uh, a long period of time. Not as the last place team, but no longer as a team that contends for World Series. Do you pay attention to the AL and NL race and the I playoffs? Do. I uh, do. Even I'm, I'm, okay. I'm paying attention to it every day. Okay. I didn't know with, with so many Cardinal fans listening, I don't know what the, the second favorite baseball team would be in our listening area, but I wonder how many fans tune out the MLB once the Cardinals are eliminated yeah, like there's a lot are. more cubs and braves fans here than you think so i think people will pay attention in the postseason but it's look this you know major league baseball is a niche of a niche to begin with and then mm-hmm. you put college football season on the front burner and i mean if your team's not good you're not paying attention anymore generally speaking now when i say i pay attention i, I look at the standings every day I look at the scores from last night every day. I keep up with the wild card race. There's really not a good divisional race except the AL West. The AL East, Baltimore is going to win it. But I keep up with that, but I don't, I don't watch the games. Um, I'll watch some when they get into the postseason, but uh, I do keep up. William and Jonesboro uh, taking the uh, the opposite approach. He takes pride when the Cardinals and Yankees are bad. He's filled with so much joy, and he also well, he's a hater. <laughs> he, he, you know, he's a miserable man. He has to take joy in the fact that 
couple of uh, staple franchises lose. Uh, JW texted in this morning on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. He says, there's no way the, Chargel, the Cardinals change anything. He agrees with you. It's time to shake it all up, but DeWitt won't let it go. That's what his thoughts are this morning. I suspect yeah. there's something to that. And look, let me just say this. I'm nothing but a fan when it comes to the Cardinals. Nothing. I don't, I don't have any inside information. I don't work for them. Um, I, I, don't, I don't have any connection to them other than, all, other, other than I buy my tickets and I drive to St. Louis and I watch them play. But I didn't go this summer. And uh, we'll see what yeah. they do why about next you? summer. Yeah, yeah. Why would you? So. Uh, single A in Danville says that Stan Kroenke would be the first person to buy the, the Cardinals in this well, situation. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. Jerry, uh, Jerry texted in the McCarty Daniel Wallen. He's still watching the Cardinals, at least during the week at this point. So I guess it just varies on that to this See, point. See, I know people. I know people that watch the Cardinals every night, regardless of where they are in the standings, because that's just what they do. You know, if you grew up in this state um, and you were a baseball fan and a Cardinal fan, you spent a lot of summer nights listening to them on the radio. Well, now you can watch all the games on TV. I will say this, even now, even though they've been out of the race since, you know, the second day of the season, um, there's very few nights I go to bed when I don't know how the Cardinals did. And very, very few nights in the course of the summer. Um, they got drilled yesterday, by the way, by Milwaukee. <laughs> um, I keep up, and I think there are a lot of people that do keep up with them. They're just disappointed, and there's nothing to brag about, so everybody's kept their well, mouth shut. Well, hey, at least the Cowboys, listen, I know Arkansas lost on Saturday night. I don't know the Cardinals have been eliminated, but at least your Dallas Cowboys have looked really, really good the first two games of the season. They play a lowly Arizona Cardinals team yeah. this week. What is it with the Cardinals mascot this year? Neither of the Cardinals in major league sports or big-time sports are any good this year. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm glad the Cowboys are doing well, but I mean, that's a, that, that's a different deal. I mean, totally different deal. I'm not, uh, I don't, uh, I don't make myself feel better about the Cardinals by saying the Cowboys are 2-0. Yeah. Oh. That yeah. didn't do it for me. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more Info. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. 
Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Tom Murphy of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and Whole Hog Sports now joins the conversation. Tom, I know that a lot was made from from Coach Pittman this week talking about the the noise and the crowd level that they're going to walk into on on Saturday night. For for the guys that haven't been in this atmosphere, how much of an adjustment is it for your first road game being in Death Valley at night? Yeah, good morning. Um, I think it's a a big one, and I've been out at practice this week, and let me tell you, That was super loud. Tim was talking to us on the Zoom about the level of noise, and then he talked to Chuck again last night. It's it's a kind of a generic white noise, but there's some kind of crowd overtones to it, not specific to LSU, just really, really loud. It just kind of comes across as like jet engine loud. And when we went, when we left practice on Tuesday, we went right under those speakers. And I can see why Sam Pittman was joking about uh, he stopped watching the offense and went over to the defensive field, which was a little further away. (laughs) It is really loud. So they should, uh, whatever happens at Tiger Stadium, it's going to be loud, but not quite that intensity, uh, I would think. So they're, again, having to prepare for that. They also got to prepare for maybe the best quarterback in the SEC being Jaden Daniels, and they really stoned him last year. Jaden did not have a good game. This year, though, he's at home, and he's a lot better than probably he was last year. Uh, You've heard from the players. You heard from Coach talking about this week. How do you think they're going to try and contain this LSU offense, and particularly Daniels, on Saturday night? Well, it's going to be difficult. First of all, you got to have guys who can run with Malik neighbors and Sam Pittman has said over and over, they love the deep ball, they're going to throw it deep, and their success rate on it has been really strong. Um, now, not so much against Florida State in game one, but the last <clears throat> couple of games, it has been strong, and I, I got to watch a good amount of the Mississippi State game last week. Um, and, and here's the thing, you can cover great, but if you're not really disciplined with your rush lanes or don't have a spy, or even if you do have a spy, Jaden Daniels can get out of the pocket and, and and beat the spy and, and be into your secondary. So um, LSU is basically at this point um, an advanced offense because I think their O-line is more together than the, the Razorbacks' offensive line right now. And they got weapons all over the field and probably going to get their tight end Taylor back this week. And um, you, they haven't had – they've got a better running attack so far than Arkansas, but they didn't really have to use it much last week because – Daniels was going crazy passes. So a lot of factors for Arkansas to uh, overcome to win this game. Tom, not a lot's been said about the speed of this game and the speed of this opponent compared to what Arkansas has seen through the first three weeks. What will be? How much will this get ratcheted up with Daniels and his individual speed, neighbors, um, and just the overall uh, speeding up of the opponent this week with LSU? Yeah, as much of an athletic talent level as Arkansas faced last week in BYU, it's it's up a notch with LSU because it's across the board. And it's you know it's Harold Perkins at linebacker. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 
it's every level you can think of their their speed and strength. And so it's going to be a big test. I mean, look, Arkansas's defense has been good, but I think they were over aggressive, like with their eyes. Like their eyes said, "Oh, here's a pass out on the edge. Everybody's going to go pursue." Well, the people who were supposed to cover the back or the person, you know, ran their, their step was toward. Parker Kingston over on the edge, and, and they gave up the touchdown. And I think they flowed to the right on the, the Kingston touchdown after the interception, and there wasn't a whole lot of defenders out there. Dwight McLaughlin got blocked on the play, and, and he races in for a 20-yard touchdown. So that has to be a little bit more eye discipline, uh, staying on your keys. And uh, so, in other words, it, it slows your aggressiveness down a notch. But They've got to play smart in this game, and and really, they, really, I think that the key is is slow the LSU run game, make them need to pass, and then just you know pony up, put some pressure on, have your blitzes reach home, and and keep Daniels contained. It's not going to happen throughout the game, but you got to do that and get off the field a few times. Can can Arkansas get consistent pressure with with four, or is it going to have to come from different levels? Yeah, they're going to have to feel that out. I mean, I'm sure there are some plays where, where you, you know, Landon Jackson or Trajan Jeffcoat or someone can whip their man. And by the way, underrated player so far this year, Torian Carter, he, he's having a good start. Uh, he's winning a lot of reps, and um, he was the kind of guy we thought before he was injured a couple years ago that, that he would have blossomed into, and, and he's there. But there's certainly going to be times where they're going to have to send extra guys, and, and that's the time that's really important. That you don't um, get out of your lane, you don't over uh, uh, over over pursue in the backfield and, and give him room to get out. Tom Murphy with us here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Tom, one of the things you asked Coach yesterday was about the punting situation. Max Fletcher had a good two games. He did not have a good third game, and they're going to put two guys tomorrow. Uh, that was an issue for Arkansas in Game Three. Curious how the special teams looks in Game Four, specifically in the punting situations. Yeah, I am too, and and I it surprised me a little bit when I asked Sam Pittman that. Um, but look, Fletcher was good outside the twenty-eight and the ten. I mean, his, his average without those two was something like forty-nine for that game, and his average is still forty-four, and that's despite um, a twenty-eight yarder and a ten yarder that were just shanks. And um, the way Sam Pittman put it when he said Devin Bale would punt at LSU. Uh, they would start Max Fletcher, and then they would get a chance. Was it, you know it makes him concentrate a little bit more, and I guess he just had a couple go off the side of his foot. But he's got a really strong leg. We've seen that in practice and in pregame, and he's shown it in the games this year so far. So, um, but that ten yarder was a m- momentum turner because if he gives off gives off a regular punt, BYU's down there on about his twenty instead of the Arkansas 45, mm-hmm. and they score a rushing touchdown on the next play, that accounted for 45 of their 77 rushing yards on the day. Speaking of strong legs, uh, Cam Little, uh, even in that miss last week, looked like he had 10, 15 yards on that, that 49-yarder. Doinked off the upright, unfortunately. But for him, two years ago, he's a true freshman. He hits the game winner in overtime in Baton Rouge. I mean, how important is he going to be Saturday night when you think about what he was able to do two years ago and maybe in a in a tough situation where you're on the fringe of kicking a field goal or going for it. Well, exactly, and you could be in that position some, uh, and he is important, um, and I know he's a confident kid. Uh, it's, it's 
just that, that that would have been a big field goal at that point of the game, you know. And so uh, everything mattered against BYU. Uh, the penalties mattered. The field position mattered. The uh, eye discipline mattered. The pass protection, everything mattered. And if you make a couple of different plays, the special teams mattered. Then, then you can come off that field as a winner. And so when you got a 49-yard field goal and you have his reputation and, and that, you need to make it. Yeah. Tom Murphy with us here on the uh, McClarty Daniel Highland. Let's talk about the punting game because that was a critical factor last week with a couple of punts that set up good field position for BYU. Um, Tom, what differences will we see in the punting game this week? Well, I mean, I don't know if we're going to see any other, you know, I mean, look, Tyrone Broden has been outstanding as a gunner and, uh, or one of the gunners. And, you know, Max Fletcher, aside from the two shanks, has had a strong year. And so, Devin Bale will get his shot, and it will, I guess, then turn into a competition. Um, it took a few games last year where Reed Bauer, you know, regained the job. Uh, but we've seen advancement in Max Fletcher, and um, if he can avoid the shanks, I mean, we still have yet to see uh, one, you know, pinning teams inside the twenty because they haven't really had a chance to do that much this year. But he's got that in his arsenal as well. Uh, just needs to not have him go off the side of his foot. Yeah. All right, Tom, um, environment, situation, time of the year. It's September this time around versus um, versus normally a November matchup between these two. Does that make the feel any different this time? It's going to be warmer than you're ever used to in Baton Rouge. Um, I know for a lot of these players that are new to Arkansas or half the team is, what, what factor is it playing in September this year versus a normal November date with, with LSU? Yeah, it's kind of weird, um, and I think it's just favors LSU because last year up here, I want to say game time temp was 34 degrees, and I, I really think they had a scaled-down game plan knowing that K.J. Jefferson was not in the game, that Arkansas was not going to have this huge offensive eruption. They had a good plan for containing Hornsby, who started the game, basically with Harold Perkins as the spy, and I just think – you know, Jaden Daniels passed for 86 yards in that game. And I think now, on a warmer day, uh, they'll be a lot more gung-ho and they'll unleash him, so to speak. And uh, they did what they had to do to win the game last year. Now, Arkansas really contained uh, their their run game to a large degree, but they did have one good drive that featured the run and, and got a touchdown out of it. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, from a, a weather standpoint, I don't think the players like, okay, this is the team across from us. I don't think they process so much. Uh, it's a November game versus a September game, but um, I just think LSU at home, all the factors are in their favor. But I have a sneaking suspicion Arkansas is going to play a lot better than they did last week. All right, sounds good. See ya. All right, Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, joining us on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Chuck, the other thing about this game, it is the SEC opener. And uh, I think there is some pride always about trying not to be in an 0-1-1 hole. Oh, yeah. I mean, they'll be ready to go. Coach Pittman talked about that last night. You know, one thing about playing down there, it is going to be hot. Yeah. I mean, like 88 at kickoff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the forecast that day calls for the highs to be in the 90s. And uh, it's not going to cool down much by 6. I hope it's 88, but it's going to be hot. It'll be muggy down there. And that may be an issue. Um, you know, particularly in terms of your rotation, how you uh, how you go about doing that. But no, it's conference opener in Arkansas. I mean, 
you can't get excited about playing the conference opener. I mean, I, I think the focus will be there. I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about that part at all. I'm a lot more worried about LSU's speed, uh, particularly when they throw the deep ball. Can Arkansas defend that? LSU did not do that as well against Florida State. And Tom, Tom mentioned that a minute ago. They've cleaned up. And they've had stat games the last couple of weeks, just to be real honest about it. So, um, but that is going to be that is going to be something to watch for. It's going to be a key part of the game. We haven't talked about this story yet, but did you guys see the report for me and Rappaport of NFL Network that Aaron Rodgers underwent his Achilles surgery and did this new procedure that's trying to get him back within four months so he can make the playoffs if the Jets do it now typically this is a nine to 12 month recovery time but he's trying to get back in as little as four months now he doesn't have to worry about that because the jets aren't going to make the he's playoffs a medicine man i guess he's a medicine man rogers I, is with zach wilson they don't have to worry about because they're not they're going to lose on saturday or on sunday to the new england patriots but i just thought i mean to be that old and to be trying to risk it at this point I thought that was a little surprising to me. But, again, Rodgers is kind of an enigma, so I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Did he have the surgery done in darkness? Any the guy that goes – I mean, I know yeah. he goes, like, into a dark cave for three weeks after the season. Did, is that where the Dude. surgery was performed? Probably. Dr. Yeah. Neil Etreshi, I think is how you say his name. But that, well, I'll uh, tell you, if, he, if he's back I'll in four months, not. this guy will be like the uh, – who was that, Anderson or whatever, was like the guru of orthopedist uh, in the South. He'll, he'll be that guy all of a sudden. He'll be famous. Let me just say this. I am so over Aaron Rodgers. I am so over this. I mean, please. I mean, my gosh. Could we talk about it a little bit more? What a weirdo. I mean, he just turned into a a freak show. Hey, that's Brett's friend you're talking talking about. about that. That's got something to do with it. There's no doubt about it. I'm not denying the guy's, you know, he is a freak show. But, um,. You know, ESPN acts like he's the only guy in, in professional sports. He's funny. And uh, that that the whole future of football hinges on whether or not he can come back. So. It's because they're New York-centric, and they, uh, they all pull for the Jets. Prize picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Price Picks is a skill-based, real-money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? Well, you pick two to six players, and if they will go for more or less than their Price Picks projection. Price Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Find out all about it at pricepicks.com slash HTL and use code HTL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash HTL and use the code HTL for that first deposit match of up to $100. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. Prizepicks.com, daily fantasy sports made easy. The year of the sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. 
Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I know a lot of people have been asking about the status of Rocket Sanders, your star running back. Is he suiting up Saturday night against LSU? Coach was talking with Chuck about that last night. I think Rocket, it's going to be questionable whether he's going to be able to go with us or not. He is running on grass now. He was running in a pool and different things like that. But over the last two days, he's running. And if he wasn't able to play Saturday, I do anticipate him to play next week. But, you know, you have to kind of make that decision. Is he ready? We obviously want to be ready. We're concerned about his health. So we'll make that decision Friday morning. Now, things can change. We know that. Sometimes guys think they're ready to play, and then they get on the field and they're not, and vice versa. I'm under the impression that they are anticipating him not playing and are game planning based on that, and we'll just have to wait and see till Saturday night. Well, it's a bonus if you get him, but I don't think you go into the ball game planning for him to play. Yeah, and you, know, the, you don't want to do something a, a week too quick or even a day too quick that could cost you another month with him because you need him in the next three ball games past LSU, you know, starting with A&M, then Ole Miss and, and Alabama. There's, I mean, it's not like you can, hey, uh, you know, we won't play him this week because we'll have an easier time next week. It, it's not like it's getting a lot easier moving forward. We all know that. But uh, you'd not, you would not want to make a hasty decision that would cost you him for another month. Well, and just to be very frank about it, you don't want to play in Baton Rouge on Saturday night with a guy who's not 100%. I don't care how good a player you are. If you're not 100%, there's the potential for you to hurt your team. And uh, if you've got a guy that uh, is at 100% and, you know, the guy that's at 80% is not, you know, so much better than the other guys, um, you need everybody out there playing at their peak Saturday night. And I love Rocket, and I want him back as quick as anybody, I guarantee you, but not if he's not 100%. Yeah. And that A&M game's big for a lot of reasons, but if things don't go well in Baton Rouge, you don't come up with a with a W, you know, trying to avoid an 0-2 SEC hole is going to be even bigger next week in Arlington. Well, I think right now, just to be very honest, coming out of a loss against BYU, I don't think Arkansas needs to pay attention to the numbers, the big picture, the 0-2, the 1-0. I don't think they need to pay attention to any of that. You just got to go play. And you got to get better. And everybody needs to worry about their assignment. They got their hands full with that. Um, no, you don't want to be 0-2. You don't want to be 0-1. But you, you, you can't get caught up in that. If they do, they're going to come back without a win in their pocket. Uh, and that's just kind of the reality. You, 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 better focus, you better focus on the opening kickoff in Baton Rouge and not any further than that. A&M gets Auburn. In College Station this weekend. It's, it's a big think, game. Yeah, seven and seven and a half point spread. Really, Hugh Freeze's first monumental game as the Auburn head coach, SEC West opponent. What y'all's read on that game? 
There's a lot of pressure on Texas A&M right now. You know, I, 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 I tend to think too often we just look at games on paper, look at the personnel, and we don't think about all the things that come into play that are coming into play during the course of a week. There's a lot of pressure at A&M right now. And every move they make is under a microscope. Every play calls under a microscope. It's beautiful. Everything that they're doing right now is being dissected and dissected and then dissected again, generally by people who know a lot less than they think they do. And that's just how it works when you've not met people's expectations. So to me, that's the thing with A&M right now is I've seen this happen. It's happened here. I've seen it happen other places. When it starts swirling and the walls start closing in, um, playing with that pressure is a big deal. I hope there's a tornado that comes through College Station this weekend. That is the Auburn Tigers. I don't know if Auburn has the offense to keep up with Connor Wegman and that A&M offense, but that sure would be nice for them to start an 0-1 SEC hole. Well, oh, that'd be glorious. Jimbo, I mean, he he'll, he may survive the week. Jimbo won't survive the season if he loses this game. I, look, I, I, I want A&M to just stomp him. I want A&M to come into that game in Dallas thinking they're on track and everything's great and all they got to do is show up. If Auburn beats them down there, you're going to get an A&M team that's, you know, fighting mad and fighting for their jobs and fighting to keep their season alive. So I just soon see A&M win the game. I figured out last night talking with my dad that uh, – and he – he hates Tech. He, of course, a Baylor grad. He hates Texas A&M more than Texas. So I guess I finally figure out why I hate the Aggies more than I do the the Longhorns at this point. I think it's genetic. I think it's genetic, Chuck. I think it's uh, my father passed it on to me. All right, last thing here in your hog update: Arkansas soccer takes on Alabama. We're talking about SEC openers for the football team. They have their SEC opener tonight in Razorback Field. Six thirty kickoff on the SEC Network Plus. Chuck, you always talk about. It. I know a lot of our listeners are outside of Northwest Arkansas, but this is a it's a big deal for a lot of people that live in Fayetteville, Rogers. They'll have a big crowd tonight. I think yeah. this is a ranked matchup. If I'm it not is. mistaken, I think both teams right around the top ten. 11 versus 9. So it's okay. uh, an Arkansas it's pretty close game with- to the top 10. Yeah, yeah I, I think it'll be uh, – I think they'll have a good crowd tonight. It's um, um, it's remarkable what they've done. Now, they've got a really good coach, and they've got a really good program. And those who are soccer fans, those who understand the game, and that's generational. I, I mean, it, it when you go to a, 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 a soccer match, I guess is the right way to put it, um, you see people of all ages – and it's an interesting crowd, and it'll be a big crowd tonight. It should be a good one. That is going to do it for your hog update this morning. It's brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. Also tonight, the uh, New York football Giants taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Giants almost started in a 0-2 hole, if not for a comeback win against the Arizona Cardinals last week. Unfortunately, just on Amazon tonight, for those that have cable or watch it some other place. Is this a game, if you're a Cowboys fan, you watch just because you hate both teams? Or do you just forego this altogether because it's a rival? It's two rivals that are playing. Well, the you know the, the the Niners are really good. I think everybody knows that, and they're they're a I mean they're a candidate to go to the Super Bowl. There's no doubt about it. Um, I can't believe the Giants came back last week. I mean they were down they were down and out. Looked like they, I mean it just looked like they were totally inept. And then the uh, then the Cardinals fall apart. 
It's Josh Dobbs. It's not like they were playing an all-pro quarterback, and then they just kept it rolling. Daniel Jones had a really I'm going to watch Coastal Carolina and Georgia State tonight. I'm going to watch that on ESPN. College football over the NFL game. What about you, Tommy? Which one are you picking? Well, Dylan might have a game. Yeah, I got uh, my so – it's big rivalry week uh, for in, in the craft house for uh, for Dylan. So, we, yeah, we got some high-powered eighth-grade football tonight. And then I'll get home, and I'll probably watch some of the Giants and 49ers. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Tommy, I got to give you credit for this topic because you've been banging this drum for a while now, really since the summer. We're really seeing it play out at this point. I, this is the first time in in a couple years that I've truly felt that we have no idea who the national champion is going to be. This, there's not a, a dominant Alabama. There's not a dominant Clemson. By the way, Dabo might be killing his program by not using the transfer portal at this point. They're going to get smashed by Florida State tomorrow, or Saturday, I think. There's no uh, Georgia didn't look that good. We'll have to wait and see. They don't play anyone, so they might just luck into another national championship, to be perfectly honest. But <laughs> it was getting, it, just to be honest, like I know some people say that dynasties are great for sports. That's I've never bought into that. I, I want I, the reason I like the NFL at times is because a team like Cincinnati, who three years ago had the worst record in the NFL, two years ago makes the Super Bowl. That's why I like the NFL because there are structures in place to make parity possible. There are elements now, and there have been within college football that has tried to contribute to that. This year, those to me. And it's, it's hard to feel it because Arkansas, after that loss, doesn't feel as viable in the SEC West. But I think this is the most wide-open co- college football has been in maybe two decades. All right. I think it's been that long. Real quick, no time to think about it. Ty, who's the best team in college football? Florida State. Chuck? I'm still going with Georgia. You know, I saw some polls this week. People had Michigan. I'd still go with Georgia. But, I mean, point is, if you ask, we went out and asked 10 people who you think the best, you, you may get five or six different answers. And but that's I, great. That's awesome. Is it? Yes. That is so good. Now, I like dynasties. I'm not going to lie to you. I like dynasties. I think there needs to be one or two teams that everybody wants to topple because I think that that is one of the things that makes you know the David versus Goliath theme come alive, and that's always been attractive in sports. Um, but I do think that it, it it is healthy for the game that we are talking about other teams having opportunities to win. Nobody's in our part of the world is talking about Washington. 
Um, Washington's got a really good team this year. Now, do I think they could beat Georgia? No. Do I think in a in a playoff situation that a lot of these teams are going to be able to really match up to the physicality of you know a, a, a Georgia or a Michigan uh, or an Ohio State? I I'm not sure about that. I'm not convinced on that part yet. But there are a lot of good teams out there, and I, I've said this before. I think when this season ends, I know those teams are still going to be there, uh, they're, but they're going to be in different conferences. Um, I, I sort of wonder if we're not going to get to the end of this season and look around and go, man, why are we blowing this up? Um, I think that the, the, the transfer portal has been great. I, I don't have the problem with NIL that a lot of people do, but this realignment stuff's not great. But I do think this year we have a chance to have a really great college football season. And I suspect when we get to the end, we'll look around and go, I'm not really sure blowing this up's the best plan. The last time that something like this happened was 2007. Tommy, we were talking about this at the very beginning of the show. Arkansas beats LSU. I hear Vern Lundquist in my head saying right now, the dream dies for LSU. You thought they got eliminated. West Virginia lost. I mean, all these different teams lost that weekend. And somehow, someway, they made it to the championship, beat Ohio well, computers State. Computers did it then. Yes. Computers did it then. They'll do it on the field now. Yeah. And I just, I like the idea. And I think there's some truth and some merit to what you said about dynasties. You still have one in Georgia that at least on paper looks like they can make it. But I don't think anyone out there right now is just banging the gavel outside of Georgia that this is clearly no no question the best team because you don't know about Carson Beck. You know well, about that's that fair. defense. Oh, no, uh, that's, 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 that's a true statement. I'm yeah. sure the other schools feel like they're just as good. Yeah, like Matt texting in on the McCarty Daniel hotline this morning saying Go Blue Michigan is going to be a viable team with McCarthy, Corum, well, and the sure rest of are. that group. And I just, again, it is appetizing to me as a college football fan now. Arkansas's up top. I'd rather them do better than everyone else. We'll see how the rest of the season plays out. But as a really tight-knit college football fan, this could be my favorite season in quite some time. All right, now let me ask you this. What happens if we get to the playoff and there's not an SEC team there? I don't what care. What are you going to think what, then? This idea, like, that... I'm just th- asking. Uh, that's fine. If it, an SEC team doesn't deserve to be there, if... Now, that scenario would play out... If Georgia doesn't win the SEC championship and they potentially have two losses, I could see them losing a tight SEC championship like TCU did last year, and they still get put in. Yeah. The only well, way that now, can- you've said Tennessee beats Georgia, right? Yes. I'd- so you're so, so, so what you're saying is Georgia's going to win every other game because that's what it's going to take. Yes, to make it at that point. That's but a tall order. It is. That's, that's, that's why I think Alabama and LSU, two teams that a lot of people thought would be there at the start of the year, having to run the table, having to run the table makes it really hard. And, I just, and obviously one can't since they play each other. That's right. Uh, we're getting text in here on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. If you want to jump in and talk with Chuck, Tommy, and myself this morning, feel free to do so at 877-377-6963. Like Cajun, for example, likes the, the best part about the NBA is parody of the league. Look at Oklahoma State, or Oklahoma City, excuse me, being viable, a top four, top six team in the West a few years ago. Now they're horrible. I just, again, I like that. Like, no one was talking about Colorado prior to Dion coming. And now heading into this weekend, it's a top three game. It's yeah. Colorado 
and Oregon. It's Alabama and o- Ole Miss, and it's Notre Dame and Ohio State. Those are the best three games of the weekend. So, so it's a point of irony here, though, real quick. We spent all summer talking about the death of the Pac-12. And isn't it ironic here, and as they're on their deathbed, the conference is closing down, having a garage sale, selling off everything, a state sale going on for the entire conference. They're having their best year as a league, at least to this point, in, what, 15 years? I mean, well, maybe even longer than that. Maybe, and, and, I mean, isn't that ironic that that, that, that the conference is done? Yeah, over, dead. Well, and that's why I that's say, and this is what's happening this year. That's why I say, at the end of the year, I think we're going to look around, and now obviously they're still going to play football at USC. They're just going to be in a different league. They're still going to play football at Washington. They're still going to be in Seattle. USC still going to be in Los Angeles, but the Pac-12 is going to be dead. Yeah, and. I do think we're losing something. In a Hallmark and brand of college football. I thing. realize the world's changed, and I understand all that stuff. But mm-hmm. I do think we're losing something. Well, you are. I mean, I, I don't think Tommy or I or many people listening disagree with you on that. And you look at just the quarterback situation. We know the line of scrimmages are different in the Pac-12. But when you trot out the Heisman Trophy winner and Caleb Williams, when you trot out one of the most exciting football players in all of the sport in Shooter Sanders. You got Penix, you got DJU, Bo Nix, former Auburn. That's five guys right there. That's five of the top, what, 15 quarterbacks? Well, now, let me football. ask you this, though. What's the spot? Let's say the, let's say the Pac 12 were to survive. Would the spotlight be as bright with Colorado moving to the nope. Big 12? Nope. That's going to change. Or is Dion the one that's fueling the whole thing? I, I don't know the answer to that. We'll find out. I, th- I was talking with my uncle about this last night. He's also a Baylor alum like my dad. He's ecstatic that Colorado's coming to the Big 12. I mean, he cannot – because they need – with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, they need all the attention. Oh, they, they, the Big 12's been the biggest winner out of all of this. Yes. What's going to happen in terms of the attention to the Pac-12 if Oregon and USC beat Colorado? I mean, you know, beat them. Beat them down. Um, is there going to be as much attention – placed on Oregon beating Colorado. Now, there will be initially, but I'm asking, are people going to suddenly follow Oregon more? Are they going to follow USC more than they were because they beat Dion? I don't know the answer to that. I doubt it. No. I mean, no. This is because, I mean, Bowman X is a good quarterback, but he's not a, a Heisman Trophy equivalent like they had in Michael James years ago. The deal with Colorado is, one, they don't have Travis Hunter for three to four weeks with that lacerated liver, so they're already less of a football team without their best player and a guy that people pay attention to and solely watch to see. And so they have to go to Eugene this weekend. Then they fall that trip back with, I believe, USC at home. They're going to lose back-to-back weeks. I mean, they're, they, There's a chance. They, There's they, certainly they, a chance. They, if, if they had Hunter in this game, I've doubted him two of the three weeks. I would have picked them to beat... Oregon, but you don't have your best player on both sides of the football. They're not going to win this. I mean, sure well, Sanders. Would they've have got to go. Shadur Sanders, and to me, that gives them a chance. I'm not saying they're going to win. Oregon should win. Yeah, but I don't doubt Shadur Sanders. Your original question was how much will be paid attention to the Pac-12. The Pac-12, whether their commissioner clocking off or whatever his name would admit this or not, they want Oregon to win. Or excuse me, they want Colorado to win the next two weekends. They want them to beat Dan Lanning, who made some comments in the preseason about Colorado not winning anything in the Pac-12, and they want him to beat the Heisman Trophy winner because that just it creates more of a bubble and more of a like a watch to Deion Sanders. The reality is they're going to lose these games, and it's going to take some life out of the Pac-12 sales. So 
your question originally, or one of, one of the things we talked about here is, what about the SEC getting shut out? And there's some other games when you look around the landscape this weekend that I think are critical in that as well. And Florida State Clemson's another one on the other end of the country mm-hmm. that, you know, I think if you're an SEC fan and you want the league to do well, may not help Arkansas, but the league to do well, you want Clemson to win that game. You got that Ohio game's S- at Clemson, right? It that is. game is at Clemson. Okay. Saturday 12 at, o'clock. At, at well, their 11 their our time. time. Yeah, 12 their time. 12 their time. So, uh, I mean, you look at that game. You got Notre Dame, Ohio State. I mean, I don't... Go Irish. Oh, you know, I mean that that those are bitter words coming out. Of you. But there's more than just what's happening in the in the Pac-12 that impacts the SEC. And I think a Clemson win uh, over Florida State would go a long ways to opening a path to to maybe a one loss SEC team getting in there. Listen, that would be the first time since 2006 that an SEC team didn't make the national championship for the college football playoff. The run is ta- is going to end at some point. And it might be this year. It's not the end of the world. Arkansas hasn't truly benefited a ton from these. In fact, it's probably hurt you more that all these teams that you have to compete against are winning national championships. Just kind of like a baseball. You had three SEC West teams last three years that have won the national championship. That hasn't helped Dave Van Horn. Uh, But it's always been that way. I I mean, that's just part of being in the SEC. Yeah, but uh, to me, again, your, your question was if an SEC team is, I don't care. I mean, it doesn't help Arkansas. So why do I care? That's my that's my blunt answer to that question on that. Okay. So, I guess there's you know a good portion of the fan base and I've kind of aligned with this as well that you root for the conference that you take pride in even though you can't be the team in the championship game, you hadn't been the the program that's been there. You know, you're you you belong to the league that has. I I don't know that's a good line of thinking, but I think it's been a a way of thinking and a you know, piece of logic a lot of fans have used for a number of years. The only and, it, thing, and it started with the SEC chant. The there's no thing, way the SEC or any of its member institutions benefit when there's not an SEC team in the playoff. Us included. Nobody benefits from that. The only thing I would take solace in is if somehow you beat LSU this weekend, something crazy happened in the next 10 weeks, they made it to the national championship and won. Because then you could say that you beat the national champion. They've done, you've done that in basketball before. You did in football in 2007. It doesn't mean Other anything, instances. though. It doesn't but, mean anything. Uh, again, as in, as in, if we're looking at, if you're talking about from an SEC vantage point, it's bad for the league. If you're talking about from an Arkansas yeah. fan listening right now. We're, 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 we're getting way out there in the stratosphere right now. Um, but I, my original question was just how would you feel about it if an SEC team wasn't there? I, yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't. You know, I didn't. I didn't mean to morph off into how does it affect us. Yeah. Well, as an oh, as an SEC fan, I don't care if we frame it that way. I don't, and I don't think any, for the most part, any SEC fans think it's that big of a deal because of that streak you've had. Well, it's you may be right. It's, it's bound in at some point, and it could very well end this year based on kind of how things are set up within college football. So let's button up this conversation here about the league and where it stands. Let me ask you guys this: Is the SEC right now? Three weeks in, the college football is it the best con- conference in college football any longer? What, what, where would, where would the SEC rank this year? It's not the most interesting, but I still think it's the best, and I think we'll see that play out over the course of a long season. But clearly, right now, the most interesting conference is the Pac-12 because of Dion. Mm-hmm. 
I would uh, I would agree to Chuck. And if you I mean if you matched up the teams, if you pitted Georgia against Ohio State or Michigan, Georgia win that game, and you probably go down the list. Same with the Pac-12 teams; they've got the stats, they've got the quarterbacks, but. The line of scrimmage is still where you win the football game. So I would still give the edge to the SEC, but I don't think it's close in comparison when it comes to the interest level that Chuck's addressing there. I mean, the SEC, I don't I don't know the stat on this, but they only have one team in the top ten right now. Uh, now, this is in the college LSU football playoffs. Or Georgia. It's Georgia. Yeah. And uh, LSU's at 12 this Wolf. week playing the Razorbacks. So then, uh, what was it, 13 and 15, I think, for Bama. Yeah, 13 and 15 for Bama and, and Ole Miss. So, I mean, um, you know. First time Bama's been out of the top 10 since, I think, 2008. Right. And normally, uh, it's chalk full. So, I mean, I, you know. I don't know. Rankings aren't the end-all, be-all with me. Media has wanted this for a while. And now they finally have some evidence where they can be validated with Putting the SEC at a lower position. I mean, they, they, we got to remember there's college football outside of the South, and they have wanted, they have clamored for this for they've quite a, some time. They've had a hard time dealing with the results, haven't they? Well, it sounds like you've clamored for it too, Ty. Well, I, again, I think what is frustrating to me is I see all this parity going on within this year, especially in the West, and I don't know if Arkansas can take advantage of it. I think this is the worst the SEC West has been in ten plus years. And I don't know if this football team is capable of capitalizing on that because it's not going to get any easier next year when Oklahoma and Texas join the league. It's just not. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.